This is James Schofield, the creator of the stories in Behind the Bottom Line. In season six, I'm taking you away from your everyday routine, and we're going to Venice with an exhausted young executive called Emily Lee, who badly needs a holiday. This is episode eight, so let's find out what has happened so far. Emily's friend Filippo has gone to the island of Pacelli as a guest at the Advanced Centre for Wellness and Meditation. He pretends to Caliban Leone that he'd like to buy the ecstasy tablets that Caliban used to manufacture for Jason Tucker before he died, and gives Caliban a contact person he can call to check out his credentials. Meanwhile, Emily is finally trying to do normal touristy things in Venice. So after doing some shopping, she goes to the Lido to swim, sit on the beach and relax. All is going well until she sees Caliban's henchman, Milos, in conversation with a man in a black suit. What is going on? And is Filippo in danger? So make yourself a cappuccino or mix an Aperol spritz and get ready to listen to episode 8 of Peril in Venice. Chapter 15. La Pescaria. Milos and the man in the black suit walked straight past Emily, still talking to each other and seeming to show a hurtful lack of interest in her hat, bikini or face. Emily thought for a moment. She could either obey Filippo and Rosalba and remain a tourist, or she could try to find out who Milos was meeting. Twenty minutes later, Emily was sitting inside the Vaporetto, heading back into Venice, following the man in the black suit. Milos had shaken hands with him and set off alone in his launch towards Pacelli. The man sat at the front of the Vaporetto as far as the Rialto Bridge, where he got off and walked over the bridge into the Rialto Market area, Emily following at a safe distance. Although the shops were crowded and full of people, the fish market itself had closed at midday and was empty. Only the powerful smell and the seagulls fighting over pieces of rubbish remained. As he reached the arcades, he suddenly increased his speed and disappeared behind a pillar the other side. Emily, anxious not to lose him, hurried after she passed from the shade into the blinding sunshine and found herself on the edge of a narrow canal. She turned to go back and there, suddenly standing in front of her, was the man in the black suit. He held one hand behind his back and with the other he grabbed her arm. Ciao, Bella. Why are you following me? I'm just a tourist. I'm lost, really. Bene, bene, bene. Then why you lost all the way from Lido? You think I don't see a pretty girl like you on the beach, huh? I I, I was bored, uh, and I I thought it would be fun to to follow someone. For fun. Si, si, certo, signorina. Of course. Suddenly, he pinched her arm very hard and pulled his other hand out from behind his back. 
It held a thin knife, and on the end was the head of a fish, pierced through the eye. He held it very close to her face. Foul-smelling liquid dripped onto her neck and clothes. I know who you are, Signorina Emily. I hear from Rosalba about you. So, this time, I won't hurt you. But stay away from me. Va bene. He flicked away the fish head, calmly wiped the knife clean on her blouse and left, disappearing from view around a corner. Two screaming gulls descended on the fish head near Emily's feet and tore it apart. Emily sat down with her back to a pillar and burst into tears. So far, it had all felt like a game, but now she suddenly understood the danger that Philippa was in. How could she have been so stupid as to disobey Rosalba's orders? Feeling sick with anxiety, she hurried back to the hotel and telephoned Rosalba to tell her what had happened. That was Carlo Amato. He is, uh, how do you say it in English? A connector. He brings people together in business, in sport, in politics, and other areas. Sometimes he helps us a little, sometimes we help him a little. I asked him to say that Filippo really was a contact of Tucker's and was looking for a supplier for his clubs. I see, said Emily. You don't think I endangered Filippo and Oscar, do you? No, this time not. But you see why I wanted you to stay out of it? People in this business are not very nice. Yes, I, I'm sorry. It was stupid of me. But do you think Milos will believe him? About Filippo and Tucker, I mean? Why not? But it's more important that Leone believes him, no? I don't know, Rosalba. Maybe Milos is the real organizer. What makes you think that? Leone isn't ruthless enough to set up a European distribution network for illegal drugs. He's making a lot of money from them. Yes, I just don't think he's dangerous. But Milos is psychotic. Which is why, after Milos leaves Signora Van Mies with you for dinner, my people will bring him here for questioning about Paolo and Maria. That should give Filippo time to see what information he can get out of Leone. He's meeting him tomorrow evening. Poor Dottie. Couldn't I tell her when she arrives tomorrow evening and book a hotel room for her here? If Leone is arrested, the centre won't be much fun. No, we must be very careful. Just act normally and wait patiently. After a bad night's sleep, Emily got up early and called Bianca to see if she could help her in the restaurant. With Oscar away, it was difficult for her to manage, so she was glad of an extra pair of hands. Emily spent the morning and early afternoon peeling and chopping vegetables and waiting tables. It was hard work, but she enjoyed the company, and it took her mind off what was happening on Pacelli. How was she going to find anything sensible to say to Dottie over dinner? 
Well, normally Dotty spoke enough for two, so perhaps it wouldn't be too much of a problem. Around four o'clock, she went back to her hotel and picked up a message from Dotty, saying to meet her next to the Ponte Julier just after seven. She phoned Rosalba and passed on the information, then checked her watch. 4.30. Good. Time for a short rest. Emily stood by the railing of a vaporetto. It was night time, and the boat was going along a quieter canal, with very few lights, and she was staring at the water. Suddenly, as she looked at the patterns made by the light and the movement of the boat, she saw something, pale, moving rapidly up through the water towards her. As Maria's face reached the surface, she sat up in bed and screamed and screamed. The telephone next to her bed rang. Signorina, everything okay? We heard screams from your room. It was the reception desk. Yes, sorry, sorry, I, I, was, I was sleeping. Just, just a bad dream. It was still only six o'clock. She washed and dressed quickly, then collected her things together, including Maria's cosmetic bag, which she had promised to show Dotty. This meant she faced the problem of every well-dressed woman. She couldn't fit everything into her new pug handbag that she wanted to take with her. She grabbed a plastic bag, which had originally carried some of her shopping, put the cosmetic bag inside and set off to the bridge. She had only been waiting a couple of minutes when she saw Leone's boat coming along the canal with Milos steering it and Dotty standing near the back. The boat pulled up by a small quay and Milos and Emily helped Dotty onto land. Emily, darling, how wonderful to see you again. Oh, look, love your purse, just like mine. Aren't they marvellous? And now we match. I hope you don't mind, Dotty. When I found one in the shop, I had to buy it. Well, of course I don't mind. I mean, aren't they cute? We are just so starting a trend here. I expect everyone in New York will ask me where I got it from. She turned to Milos, who is waiting still. Milos, you can go back to the centre. I won't be needing you again this evening. Without a word, Milos reversed back out again into the canal. As Dotty and Emily walked away, Emily glanced behind her and saw two police boats appear silently alongside him. She smiled. The plan was going to work. Chapter 16. Breaking Point Filippo walked across to the lights of Leone's house at the appointed time. Oscar had called Rosalba as soon as Milos set off with Dotty. She landed on the island with her team and quietly and discreetly surrounded the building. He knocked on the door. Signor Martelli, come in, come into the kitchen. 
Leonie was tense and nervous. Filippo sat at the kitchen table, where a half-empty bottle of brandy was waiting for Leonie to return. I'm sorry, Signor Martelli. Uh, Milos should be here soon. He handles a lot of the delivery arrangements. Leonie poured them both a drink, then drank his own very quickly. Dr. Leone, why do we need him? I hope you are happy with the reference I gave you. Yes, of course. There was a moment's silence. How did you start in this business, Dr. Leone? You are not what I expected. Filippo poured them both another glass. Zum Vol. Chin Chin. Start? It was an idea from my business partner. The centre wasn't making enough money. It's expensive trying to keep these buildings in good repair. And I also have a palazzo in Venice. It's easy making these drugs if you have the right training. Of course, I think it's poison. The tea I make. Now that is something special. But not very sellable in clubs. He emptied his glass again and poured himself another. Doctor, can I see some of the goods? I would like to check the quality. Quality? Here. Leonie pulled open a drawer in the table and took out a small bottle. Inside were identical tablets to the ones Emily had found. Go on, try one. You'll love everybody. Everybody. Make you happy, like Jason. Leonie was becoming louder, and his English was getting worse. He finished another glass of brandy. Not when I'm on business, Dr. Leone. Filippo took a little tube of a clear liquid from his pocket and carefully scraped some of the tablet into it. The chemical turned purple, which Rosalba had told Filippo would show if the tablets really contained ecstasy. Hmm, you were right, Dr. Leone. You have a good product here. Tell me, why did you make them look like headache tablets? Normally they have hearts or faces on them. Was that a joke or something? Leonie laughed drunkenly. It's good cover, no? Carabinieri, look in your pocket and find one. You say you have headache. He laughed again and finished his glass for the fourth time. There was a knock at the door. Milos, Milos, it must be Milos. Leonie walked with difficulty, holding onto the furniture, and opened the door. Who are you? Go away, want Milos. Leonie was carried back into the room by Oscar, a policeman, and Rosalba, and pushed into his chair. Rosalba took a recording device out of Filippa's pocket and put it on the table next to the tablets. We know everything, Dottore Leone. You see, we stopped Milos in your boat and took him to the Questura. And he's talking. He's talking about you. He says you killed Paolo and Maria. Leone tried to focus his eyes on Rosalba, then put his head in his hands and started to cry. I just did what they told me. I had to. I would have lost everything. I saved him. I trusted him. 
How could he say these things? It's not true. I just made the tablets, that's all. I never hurt anybody. Where is Maria Totore? Come on, where is she? Is she dead too? Stop crying. Rosalba took him by the shoulders and shook him. No, no, she's in the caves. I wouldn't let them kill her. They killed Paolo. He found out about Taka and the drug laboratory. He said if we didn't give him money for his restaurant, he'd talk. He'd stolen something important, a cell phone. He'd had names and numbers of contacts in different countries. I wanted to pay him off, but they said we couldn't trust him. Maria didn't really know anything, but she saw what happened to Paolo. Milo's, Milo's drowned him. I had to lock her away, but she's safe. I swear it. Rosalba relaxed. Okay, you can take us to her in a minute. Now listen, if you work with us and tell us everything you know, you won't go to jail for very long. Help us show that Milos was the boss and it'll be much easier for you. Leonie looked confused. What do you mean? Haven't you been listening? Milos is like me, we just follow her orders. She tells us what to do. She went over with Milos. She found out that girl, Emily Lee, had, had got the cell phone. Maria told us she put it in Lee's suitcase. Paolo wanted to hide it away from the island. But she's at the Questura too, no? What are you talking about, Totore? Who is she? asked Filippo, panic starting to colour his voice. Signora Van Mies, of course. Didn't you arrest her? Dio mio, she's going after Emily. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please tell your friends about it. As you know, word of mouth is the best way for more people to find out about Behind the Bottom Line and Peril in Venice. It would also be great if you could visit my website on www.behindthebottomline.com and leave a review there or on Apple Podcasts, of course. Now, I hope you haven't forgotten, but Christmas is approaching the time when you need presents. So what better gift could you give than a copy of either Peril in Venice or Double Trouble? Guaranteed to cheer people up who maybe have lockdown blues. So just go to the bookshop on my website and you can order either the paperback or ebook versions. That's all on my website on www.behindthebottomline.com. Next week's episode is called Dead End and in it, Emily gets into big trouble. So make sure you don't miss it. And until then, take care and goodbye.